Welcome to another episode of the Double Coma Club with your host, Nicole Ruth of the Ruth Team, the number one lending team in Colorado. So thank you so much for joining us today. We've got another edition of the Double Comma Club podcast, and we are kicking off speaking with speakers from the <laughs> next big thing. Great. Right? And Ryan, uh, you're with us today. You joined us at the next big thing as one of our speakers. Uh, and this is the next big thing in, that happened in January 2022. Mm. Uh, and we're already looking towards the next big thing uh, February 2023. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh my gosh. And the 2023 doesn't even sound real. It doesn't. <laughs> 2022 like didn't sound 2023. real. Uh, kind of no. Whisper. So Ryan Avery has this incredible background, which you see come out when you speak publicly. Your reality is transparent to the audience, Thank you. which I love. But you've not only given 500 keynotes in 33 countries, I know that that's one of your world records that you were aiming to break. Yes, yeah. Right? So you broke seven world records. I have broken seven. I've attempted a lot more <laughs> than right? that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, that's, and we're going to talk a little bit about that okay. as far as the, you know, we celebrate, as you mentioned, yes. the wins, and we don't celebrate the tries as often. Yeah. I love how you put that. Yeah. Um, but you also you've written three books. You are a public speaker. You, in fact, you're a world champion of public speaking on public speaking. Yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds like a fake thing, but <laughs> yeah. So in 2012, I won the world championship of public speaking, which is ten years. Ten years. It is. Oh ten. my gosh, ten years. That's crazy. It's, I still feel like I'm 17, so. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm like, but, and I have children, and I have, like, mortgages, and I've got, like, all these things. things. And uh, I'm, my wife and I, my wife, who's in the studio, I'll, I'll still say things to the people, like strangers, like, hey, am I allowed to do this? She's like, you're a grown man. You don't have to ask for permission. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's right. That's, I was going to ask if she says you act like you're 17. Yeah, still. oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but still yeah, better. look at me. I look like a, so, I, I look like I, like I teach at a, Community college. <laughs> like, that's how I'm dressed. You kind of look professorist. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. I agree. I'm like, this is my style. <laughs> I love it. This is how I went to the zoo the other day. And my wife was like, you know you can wear something different. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I like the sweater, the shirt, the watch, the jeans. Like, this is what I wear This is your outfit. Yeah, unless I'm yeah. on the beach. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been having uh, back issues lately, so I've been wearing oh, flats. And it, oh, it, yeah. I have realized that heels is part of well, yeah. my dress. It's oh, uh, like how you feel. Yes. Yeah. It changes hard. how yeah. I feel. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I get the sweater pants combo. Like, yeah. I get it. Yeah, well. <laughs> I want my heels back. Someone once told me, don't dress to impress, dress to relate. And, you know, the people that I talk to are people. Yes. You know, I'm not talking to the billionaires. and the, I'm talking to people. I'm yeah. talking to real estate agents. And I'm talking to people who have families. And, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm Texan, so jeans are what comes what comes with the legs. <laughs> Do you iron them? I don't iron them. I used okay. to in school. That was like a big thing when yeah. I was in high school. It was like the crease, you know. Had, had yeah. to have it. Had to have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Ryan Avery, you are an abundance of not only uh, information, but Thanks. what I love that you brought to the stage mm -hmm. was the simplicity of the change. So it was not only just, hey, let me give you – uh, the top, I, I loved your four, three, two, one example, right? And the stories that you told and, and how you talked about how we have to relate and, and being the versus mm -hmm. a, mm -hmm. in anything you do, yes. but the, how to get there wasn't a roadmap from mm. here to Greece. It was mm. simply a roadmap 
little baby steps one at a time. Yeah. Right? We joked about that, right? Like we, the next big thing is looking yes. at the small things. <laughs> it is the small thing. And one of the smallest things that's made the biggest difference in my life is looking at things as the versus a. I don't yeah. want to go to a restaurant. I want to go to the restaurant. Mm. I don't want to have a wife. <laughs> I want to have the wife. You know, I don't want to yeah, I don't want to be a dad to my kids. I want yeah. them to go, man, I had the dad growing up. Yes. I want to be the. Yeah. It's a very impactful way to live your life. Define the versus a. I hear what you're saying, and it's very clear to me, especially since I listened to you speak. Yeah. Uh, but somebody that might not know you yet, when you define success mm. as the versus a, mm. what does that look like to you? Um, so for me, a, we settle. V, mm. you have standards. And those standards are not what I give or what you give. It's what we have. And so my V looks very different than your V. Um, and it's not being the best. It's about being V for you. So, you know, the place might be the beach for me eating a, a, an Impossible Burger. I'm vegetarian. So like eating an Impossible Burger. Being the vacation for you might be up in the Alps and, you know, staying at the five-star hotel. But what you're doing is you're living your V. You're not settling for thinking that you have to live a life. There's, there's a really important concept that I'd really I'd like to share um, is the concept between improving or increasing our abilities versus our capabilities. Okay. So what happens is ability means you have the opportunity to do something. Uh, capability means you have the power to do something. I'll give you an example. I used to work at Special Olympics. I loved working at Special Olympics. It was awesome. Um, our athletes, they have the ability to apply for a job. That's, that's their ability. They can apply for a job. Let's say they want to apply for a job down the street. Okay, you could do that. But they don't have the capability of doing it because there's no ramp to get into the building because maybe they might utilize a wheelchair. So, yeah, they have the ability, but they don't have the capability. So what happens is is a leader, um, they believe sex, success is based off of their abilities. Mm-hmm. The leader understands that it's our capabilities. It's our power in order to do things. So how do you build that? Is it first through a series of identification? And, Definitely. And you have to identify what your standards are, what okay. you're willing to do, what you're willing not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, one, of the, one of the most important things, like... This big concept I've been talking a lot about, one of my last articles I wrote for Entrepreneur Magazine is this concept of, like, we got to quit things. (laughs) It's this weird, like, there's these motivational speakers and these bumper stickers like, always move forward, like, never move backwards. Like, no, you should move back. Like, I reverse my car to get out of the driveway every single day. Like, I move backwards. And it's important for us to do things like that. Um, So, yeah, understanding what you need to quit, what you need to start. Um, what you want to quit, what you want to start, I guess need and want are two very different things. Um, and then, yeah, identifying what that capability looks like for you, what that power, what you want to have power in. I want to have power and the ability to influence people with my voice. I love that. Yeah. And it's hard to say what you want to back up in because most people don't, we find ourselves saying yes to everything because either the drive that I need to check all the boxes, I need mm. to succeed as I'm measured, uh, especially in real estate. So yeah. in mortgage lending and in real estate, we're measured by transactions. Realtors mm. are measured by sides. Lenders are measured by mm-hmm. origination units or volume. Right. And it is an interesting concept, but I, I tell the team uh, all the time that we have to focus on those things that we can be great at 
and but we have to yeah. say no to the things that we're only good at in order to be to have the time the access, the materials, yeah. the resources, the capabilities yes. to do the things that we can be great at and we're meant to do. Yeah. I used to, in my 20s, I used to think that I had to prove my value through my achievements. Mm-hmm. But really, I, I had to add value with my actions. And I felt like I had to go out and achieve things to be like, hey, look at me. I'm, I, I am valuable. Mm-hmm. In reality, I had to simply add value and I had to show up. I had to do actions. I had to speak at events. I had to do that. And, you know, when you add value, people don't really care about your background. They don't care about my books or, you know, my awards or my achievements. They care about what I'm able to bring and share with them. And so when we can remember that, that don't, don't focus so much on the measurement that the industry provides you. Focus on the measure in which you share within your industry you'll have the referrals, you'll have the business. You'll have, I do zero marketing. Uh, I don't have any social media <laughs> and my business is booming because I focus on value. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I could do it that way. <laughs> we, <laughs> you probably we rely on social but, media but a here's lot. The thing. I know, but, but here's what you do. You're yeah. strategic about it. Yes. And I know a lot of people who are in social media because other people are in social media. Right. Right. Like, we're in this, you're very strategic with what you do. And, and that's like a really important aspect, right? Unreliable luck is all about success based off of, uh, based off of a, a chance. Mm-hmm. Reliable luck is based off of choice. Mm-hmm. And you make strategic choices that allow you to promote and share and do what you do. I make strategic choices. And that's a really good example of V, right? Your V is yes. very different than my V, but we're both V. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And I love, I, I've really been sitting on this for a while after I heard you speak about what is the definition of the, because we are measured so much by society, mm. as you mentioned, especially with social media. I see this with my kids a lot. Mm. Um, but to be, to take yourself away from the measurement of others and focus on your definition of the yeah. has really settled in. I've been cool. kind of thinking and thinking about it and, Good. and then defining what that success looks like Mm. Uh, you you say something really important there defining success you've got to do that like a lot of people they don't they don't do that they they think it's a money thing or they think it's and it can be it can be but if i ask what's your definition of success people ramble and they go my definition of success is i can do what i want where i want when i want with who i want and i know that definition and allows me to then make decisions because i don't take on projects if it takes me away from that definition if it takes me away from not doing what I want to do with the people that I want to do it with, well, then, no, that's not going to lead me to more success. Mm-hmm. I, I strategically make choices based off of my definition. Can I do what I want, when I want, where I want, with who I want? That's my definition. Mm-hmm. What's, you, what's yours or listeners or viewers? Like, what's your definition of success? Own that, know that, have that. It's very important. You had uh, shared a story during your talk about your daughter mm. uh, asking if when you're not sick, if mm. you would still stay home and mm-hmm. not travel. And, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. made that statement that that was a shocker to me and I had to make immediate changes to my travel schedule. That day, yeah. yeah. I talked to my wife and we changed it right away. That's incredible because a lot of people are, are sucked in by the responsibility of the commitment or yeah. the – thinking how their life should be defined. We're sucked into that or we get into a certain level mm-hmm. where we're invited to different things and it seems cool and it seems exciting, but then we forget the core value of what got us there. That was what happened to me. Um, you know, I was 
getting invited to really fancy resorts and speeches and making an incredible amount of money, and I'm still able to do that. But it's very selective now. It's very uh, calculated. Mm -hmm. It's very much who do I want to work with because who, what, when, where, how, and why. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Well, one of the things that you talked about was your four, three, two, one. Mm. Uh, I liked the simplicity of that. I also like the simplicity where, and, and it's hard to do this on a podcast where you can't see visually. You made it very clear that slight lean in versus the slight lean out or yeah. the slight change in the tone when you said something mm. changed the whole reception so, and the meaning of how you said it. Right. Uh, those simple things and then having your your four three two one so that you showed up ready mm-hmm. instead of searching for right. ready in the middle of the moment. Right. Could you talk a little bit about the four three two mm-hmm. one strategy? So what I believe is a leader gets ready, the leader stays ready. And in order for us to do that, no matter what industry you're in, real estate, <laughs> speaking, motivation, medicine, healthcare, um, we should always have four stories on us at all time. Now, those four stories I like to have are a personal and professional success and failure story. So I like to have a personal success story and a personal failure story. I like to have a professional success story and a professional failure story. I got a lot more than that, (laughs) but I like to have at least those four always in my back pocket because you never know when you're going to be invited to do a podcast or a video. You never know when a live TV camera is going to be put in front of your face Mm -hmm. because you're the in your industry and someone wants to know about real estate. And I have had leaders who know that I coach them or I coach leaders on, you know, executive presence or media presence. And they'll send me this video. Like, what do I do about this? And it's them going, yeah. So, uh, okay. Well, uh, and I'm like, I can't do anything about that. I'm not a PR company. That is, that is already live. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not a PR company. I am one who helps you in strategic communication. So what people forget is that communication and speaking and standing up in front of live audiences is the number one way to grow your brand. It's the number one way to position yourself as the. And so have those four stories so when your time comes, when the speaker doesn't show up at the conference in your front row, you go, I got something to motivate people. And people go, whoa, and you're the talk of, of the conference. Um, and then have the three and the two. Um, have three facts and two quotes related to your industry at all time, right? So we surveyed over 1,200 full-time American employees, uh, asking them in nine different regions around the U.S. around communication. We found out that 85% of them would be significantly better at their job if they were given better ways to communicate. Yet, of that same group, 75% of them had never had any form of communication training offered to them. So here is 85% of the, the, wor- the workforce saying, hey, I'd be better if you taught me how to communicate, yet 75% of them had never been given it because they've been given sales training and leadership training and training on their industry. But what's the number one problem that we face? Miscommunication, right? So if we have these three facts and these two quotes, quotes from someone famous within your industry, um, what we can do is – it allows you to drop a fact or a quote into the conversation that raises your credibility. You let people now know that you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You don't need 100 quotes. You don't need to be the smartest person in the room. All you need to remember are the three and the two. And then the one is always have one question ready mm-hmm. that no matter who you're interviewing, uh, you can ask them or talking to or at a party. And this is so you're the one who now gets the conversation started and breaks that awkward silence, and people look to you now as continuing on the conversation and leading it. So that's the 4 3 strategy. 
I love that. And Thanks. I love that your question was, it wasn't a yes and no question, mm. right? It's that open-end it's question. open-ended. I've, I've already started talking to my team because uh, one of the things that you had asked was, you know, when would you like me to communicate with you or what can, you know, the kinds of questions that you asked mm-hmm. about how can I help you do something cool. or when can you, com- when would you like me to communicate? They were yeah. open. They yes. weren't uh, just cut and dry. So I've kind of changed some of the communication Good. with my team already. Good. That's awesome. Uh, but we've not had communication skills training. So you're You're with you're a lot facts. of other people. <laughs> exactly. You're the backdropping that you're doing. And, and when you think about this, how many employees do you have? Uh, or, we or have 35 right now. Okay. So yeah. Home Support found out that $26,000 per employee is lost due to miscommunication every year. Okay, so you times that by 30. Mm -hmm. That's almost a million dollars you're losing out on simply because there's some type of miscommunication that's taking them away from something else that they have to then repeat and do because a fight Mm -hmm. is broken out or they have to redo something simply because no one has been teaching them how to avoid the miscommunication steps in the first place. So it's was crazy. that the three facts you dropped that on me one. right there? Yeah, okay. I got you. I got you. I got I to gotta, I gotta do what I teach, right? I can't say, like, do this and then not do it. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. Uh, so, you know, as you work with, you have so many speaking engagements, uh, people that you coach, I'm sure classes that you teach. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is probably that thing that sticks out as that gold nugget that you'd love to share pe- with people today that would help them create better communications? The first underlying thing is how we communicate mm-hmm. is how we operate, period. You have poor communication, you're going to have poor operation. So the very first thing I tell people is get your communication down. There's a very big difference between knowing how to talk and knowing how to communicate. Yeah. Now, when we look at the word communication, people, I work with leaders all the time who say, well, communication has changed. No, it hasn't. Communication hasn't changed and it never will change. Communication by definition, when you break down the word, I love studying Latin and I love studying language of like mm-hmm. com, meaning with, uni, meaning one, asian is a suffix uh, that means to take action. So communication means literally getting people to take action on one thing. Okay? Right. What has changed are the methods of communication. Okay, so it used to be phone, fax, in Morse person. code. <laughs> yeah, Morse code. You know, <laughs> now it's like Slack and Facebook and uh, and so what happens is the phone line literally has been diluted because a company will say, "Well, here's our Slack internal channel, and then here's our email, and then send me a text." And you're offering your people way too many ways in which to communicate mm-hmm. instead of teaching them how to communicate on a certain channel. So that's one of the like really important aspects that I would get across is focus on your communication to improve your operation and minimize the ways in which you're communicating with your team so then you can maximize your efforts in getting them to focus on that one thing. So they're all dialed in on the same uh, – that they're setting not only the same mode but at the same time creating the same stream of consciousness, right? The same kind of way in which we're communicating. Absolutely. More effective. I love that. Absolutely. I love yeah. that. There's so many – the other one, can I give you one more? Please. The, I'll, I'll sit in. So I, uh, I do audits on companies where I'll look at their people, their product, and their processes, and I'll sit in on team meetings sometimes. I'll see this where managers, they'll jump things on people like, we need to do this and this, and we need to focus on this, and this is what I want to do. And everyone leaves that meeting like, well, where should I start? And so they don't even start because they don't even know what to do because they were given so much direction. It's about repetition, repetition, repetition of the consistent, consistent, consistent message that gets people to take action. I call it your KFD. What is the one thing you want people to know, you want people to feel, or you want people to do when you're done talking? 
So every meeting you go into, you should know what your KFD is. And then you talk about the who, what, when, where, how around that. So everyone goes, oh, great. I know. I should be the, and here's how to do it. So would you say, is it choosing one of those for it's each meeting? It's all one. three of them. No, no, no. It's not, and, it's not <laughs> okay. or. It's and, right? Or sorry. It's not <laughs> and. It's or. Okay. So you want to make sure that I'm, I want them to know something. I want them to feel something. Like um, at the next big thing, I wanted them to know how to go from A to V. Do I have other okay. talks? Yeah. I've got a really popular one right now called Motivating Millennials. Mm-hmm. Not an oxymoron, by the way. I think you can really do it. <laughs> uh, but, you? Yeah. yeah, you can. Um, but I didn't share any of that content right. because even though it might have been beneficial to the group, because I wanted them to walk away with knowing that they can be V at what they do. Staying clear, staying focused. Staying clear on point. focused, absolutely. Right. I do love that because we do have a lot of meetings. Uh, any large team would, and I don't know that so I've ever – I've walked in with my things that I needed to talk to them about, program changes, right, uh, goal setting or whatever. Those That's th- it. Sometimes managers ha- pull these meetings together yeah. simply because it makes them feel good. Right. It makes the manager or the leader feel good. Well, I got it out. Okay, you got it out, but you threw sand on the table, and it's very mm-hmm. hard to pick up sand when it's thrown around, right? It's very easy to put sand in a jar and to transfer it over into the jar. What's that thing holding it all together? Right. Yeah. So good. So good. And I know you've written three books. Mm-hmm. Um, when somebody's trying to – say they're, they're building up their own communication techniques or they have a team where they want to stop leaving all that money on the table when mm-hmm. you said a million dollars on the table. I'm like, all right, I've got work to do. Uh, <laughs> How do I, and the listeners who are listening to us, how do we take that next step? Like, what is that next step in really hyper-focusing on communication? Um, Meaning, like, how do I become a better communicator? Yes. Okay. Uh, One of the best things that you can do is uh, a lot of things. You could join a Toastmasters group if you're doing more, like, public speaking or Mm -hmm. you're speaking to groups. You can read really good books. One of my favorites is um, Stop Talking, Start Communicating by Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Tumlin. I love that book on communication. Um, You can attend a training, whether it's in person or online. There's so many good courses online right now that you can do to improve your communication. Um, The other thing that you can do is you can do a much better job of paying attention to really good communicators to see what they do to pick up their so you can improve your capabilities. Right. So it's, I'm, I'm tone deaf. It's very hard for me to understand inflection and tone. And uh, I, 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 it's hard for me to, to hear people because sometimes I'm like, oh, everyone's happy to me. <laughs> so even when they're mad at me, I'm like, oh, they're they're, they're good. And when Chelsea, my wife, will be like, no, they're pretty upset. And I'm like, really? I didn't get that vibe. Uh, so like one of the things that I had to do is – I study uh, comedians or I'll study speakers, but I'll study them with the sound off. Mm. And so I'll look at their facial expressions. I'll see their parentheticals. I'll look at what their body language is doing because it's more than our words. It's how we're delivering them with our tone or with our eyebrows or with our body language. So find things that you can do to really um, imitate others who are doing it well. That's what I do. I, I watch my favorites and then I say, oh, okay, that's a... That's how they did that. Oh, I see. And I'll watch it over and over and over again. And especially in the real estate industry and, and on so many industries, we're constantly speaking with clients or vendors or coworkers, bosses, peers. Um, but especially in the real estate industry, our 
success is reliant on our communicating myself as a, a lender, that loan program or the benefits thereof of the financial benefits of home ownership. As a real estate agent, the benefits of that home or home ownership or this neighborhood or whatever that is, that communication that paints a picture creates relatability mm. and positions you as the versus mm. a uh, is so paramount and given so little time, I think, as we build skills. We, we pass a test, we check the boxes, and we know the programs. Yeah, and I, I believe I've talked about this at the next big thing, and if I didn't, I, I'm spacing it. But we have a rule at our company. Um, it's called HDS. So whenever you're interacting with someone, um, you should be able to transfer something that either is living in their home is staying on their desk or being a story that they can tell. And that is so people will always, A, have Ryan Avery in the room, mm-hmm. um, but also, B, that reminds them of, I mean, like, I still have the pen that you gave me. <laughs> y'all gave me, right? Um, but yep. this, what this does is now y'all are with me all the time, right, because mm-hmm. this stays on my desk. So what we want to do is make sure that, yeah, you can measure success by this. Um, the best thing that I have found to measure success is how much HDS are you doing every week, right? Like I want, I can give you some examples if you want. Yes. Uh, okay, so um, home, let's see. <laughs> I uh, I have this client, and uh, the very first time I met him, he was bragging about his $10 million wine cellar. And I was like, okay. Uh, and I was like, I want to drink wine with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, well, good, I'll ruin your palate. And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, uh, if you drink wine with me, you'll never drink a $5 glass of wine again. I'm like, nope, don't want to drink with you. I'm actually really good with $5 (laughs) glasses of wine. Uh, And we laughed and he laughed and he goes, I don't even have a $5 wine opener in my cellar. Then the next day after my event, I went to the liquor store and I bought this like cheap, it said $3.99, like, you know, the like pink sticker of $3.99 on it. And I wrote him a letter with it. And all I said with it is now you do. And uh, he sent me a photo of it in his wine cellar. Well, Ryan Avery is in his most important thing, his $10 million wine cellar. So when he goes and talks to his friends and he says, what's that? Ryan Avery's being talked about when I'm not there. But I'm making an impact. I am marketing myself. I'm doing all these different things while also creating a real connection with this guy that I really liked and he was cool. So that's kind of like an example of home desk or store. One of my agents, this is during COVID. COVID sucked. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and when I, when I lost all my business, virtual wasn't a thing for me. Like I was only in person. I didn't do right. virtual. That didn't exist uh, in my business. And my agent reaches out to me and is like, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but this company wants to do what's called a virtual event. Um, it's They're going to pay $500. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Uh, and they were like, would you do it? And, and she said, she was like, business is really crazy for us too. Like, would you do this for us? And I was like, oh, that's a different ask. Yes, I'll do it for you 100%. And so uh, we do the event. It was cool. It got me learning about virtual events. But then I go to the bank and I <laughs> I get, I ask for $500 in ones. I'm like, no, not for that. And I'm like, <laughs> can I get a whole, and the bank teller gives me $500 in ones. And my, my kids and I never had that, like, that much money it's before. It's a little stack of money. And so we're like throwing around the house and me and my kids are having fun with it. And I shove it into a box and I write a note to her and I say, here are 500 reasons why you're my number one. Mm. Well, that story has created tens of thousands of dollars worth of business for me because she has told that to other agents and she has shared that story with other people who have then promoted me to want to work with them. So what things can you do to 
will stay on their home or mm-hmm. to live in their home to stay on their desk and be a story that you tell. That's how I look at success in marketing. That is success in marketing. Mm. That is 100% success in marketing. Yeah. So what is in store for Ryan Avery this year? I got some world records lined up. Um, Share one? Yeah. It's going to be in Colorado. Um, We're going to attempt the world record for the most underwear lined up in a row. And I know that sounds crazy, but one of the number one things that homeless people ask for is clean underwear. Mm. And so we're working with malls in the Action Center in Colorado to collect the most amount of underwear that then we can then donate um, to every homeless person in Colorado and also break a world record at the mall. And yeah, and you have to like clip them on a string across the mall. Clip them on a string. Yeah, we'll have to uh, do about five thousand of them, which will be fun. Is Uh, that like loops around the mall, or how many times around did you calculate that? I haven't calculated that one yet. Um, It's so funny if I look at my office. There's like so many calculations. I look. It looks like that math movie where I'm like, uh, it's like I've done so many world records. Mad. You're like, okay, well, if their shoulders are this length, then we have to touch shoulders. And then like, <laughs> so that one is uh, in August. So I'll start working on that one in March with all the calculations or um, sorry, uh, May and with all the calculations. And then <laughs> this one's going to sound crazy because <laughs> my wife thinks it's crazy, but uh, I start EMT school in uh, May. What? I know it's crazy. You don't um, have enough going on. <laughs> I know. I'm getting my master's right now. Uh, I'll be done with my master's, and then I'm starting EMT school because so many reasons. I had a guy at one of my events have a heart attack um, or a stroke. We don't even know. We were just, like, sitting around this guy, and we weren't. no one could help. No one was a medical professional. No one knew the, like, be fast acronym. Like, nobody knew that stuff. And I was like, this sucks, you know? Yeah. And I didn't do anything about it. No one did And then... That same night, as embarrassing as this is, I like I travel a lot, mm-hmm. and so I'm in a hotel a lot, and so I was watching a rerun of a show that I've seen multiple times, and I was like, "Do something with your life, Ryan!" Like mm-hmm. someone almost or died, or I don't know what happened to him, and here I am, just like wasting time watching reruns of a show that I've already watched. Yeah, I'm going into EMT school, and uh, I'll start in May. And I'll how long I'll, does that take? It takes so I'm doing an accelerated course. Um, it'll I'll take I'll uh, start in May, and then I will uh, attempt my uh, NREMT. It's the National Registration for EMT uh, at the end of August. Okay. So yeah, really fast. I'll be driving. You might yeah. see me in an ambulance, like driving the ambulance. That actually kind of scares me. <laughs> it <laughs> scares kidding. me so much. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right? There's a stupid saying. It's such a stupid saying, and it's been around for so long, and I would like to get rid of it right now, here and now. It's uh, step outside your comfort zone. Yes. It's such a stupid saying, right? Because it's such a stupid saying because if you step out, that means you could step back in. Okay? So that means you could keep hiding. And also, I have never accomplished anything when I'm uncomfortable. Everything that I've always accomplished is when I am comfortable in going out and doing that. Mm -hmm. So the true saying isn't step outside of your comfort zone. The true saying is expand your comfort zone. Absolutely. And so one of the things I wanted to expand my comfort zone in is medicine. I'm not an intelligent person. I'm, I'm a smart person, but I'm not intelligent. I don't have that medical background. I don't have, like, book smarts. And so I don't have it because I've been telling myself that I don't have it or that I'm not that. And so uh, medicine is a, is a really good thing for me to get into. And, uh, yeah, suture, I'm going to do suturing and IV and 
you know. Well, the way but, you travel too, it's not an awful thing to have. I mean, your airplanes, hotels, totally. events. Oh god, and when they're well, when it's going to be that moment where the, like the <laughs> flight attendant's like, job. "Is there are there any medical?" I'm over. Bing. Before they even say medical, when they say the profession, I'm bing me from a stethoscope and be like, "What do you need?" Uh, I will be that person for sure. But also, I I believe that. So my wife and I, we donate ten percent of our money to. Um, one local, one national, and one global organization. And we realize um, we, we give a lot of money, but we don't necessarily give a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And I read that 25% of Americans volunteer. I wasn't one of those, and I didn't like that. And so I wanted to do something for my community that I can show up. And as an EMT, I can volunteer for mm-hmm. different hospitals or different ambulances or different government agencies that allow me to pick up shifts to help my community. So that was the other reason why we did it. Outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Thanks. Love that. And I want to double-click on the um, your world-breaking records. Mm. <laughs> ballpark for me how many did you attempt and fail gosh i've attempted dozens 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 and you've oh. celebrated each of those though as well yeah that's a great word okay celebrate uh celebrate means to acknowledge mm-hmm. okay so we have this weird thing in the western world that we wait to celebrate after we've done something mm-hmm. but celebration shouldn't be about an accomplishment, it should be about a try. Yes. And so I would encourage all of us to celebrate more. And that means acknowledge more. Acknowledge that you're going to school, not that you finish school, right? Acknowledge that you're you're learning about real estate. You mm-hmm. don't have to wait to celebrate until you sell your first house. Like celebrate that you're going and learning more about it. Celebrate that you're doing acknowledge that you're doing things to be better than you were yesterday and to help out more people today. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of the world records that I've attempted. Um, I have stories that it's like, oh, man, I attempted this one. And it was so hard because um, we had, you know, tens of thousands of dollars invested in this world record. Um, it's in Australia. I'm breaking it in Australia. And uh, it's related to real estate. And we're making the largest image of a house made out of humans. And so we have to have 950 people there. Uh, everyone's showing up. We feel like we got it. Well, 875 people showed up. Uh-oh. So I have to tell a group of 875 people, you came for nothing. I'm so sorry. However, the cool part about that is we raised $100,000 for this uh, homeless shelter. It's, I always break world records for a, a good cause. Um, so it's like this... It's like we didn't break this world record, but I'm really proud of that we raised a hundred thousand dollars, and that's where you celebrate. That's where you acknowledge. Like we could have been like, "Ugh, we didn't break the world record," and it was hard. It was hard to tell the people who had invested in it, and the hard for people to come. But it was really exciting to hand that check to that mm-hmm. homeless shelter to be like, "Hey, we yes. did this. We didn't break the world record, but we were able to write you this check." Well, I love you. I love your energy. <laughs> I love your passion to leave everything you find better than how you found it. Thanks. Um, which is just really exciting. I had an interview for somebody that's going to be joining the team. Mm. And I told her I owned the fact that I can be an intense person. Mm. Yeah. I can't be. And no anybody one's ever called me intense. No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all they called me is intense. But I had to express to her that there's – 
the excitement is in that intensity. It's not negative. Mm. Um, it's not um, condemning you know mistakes or things that happen. But it's intense. I want to be better tomorrow than I am today every cool. single day. Yeah. You want to impress the lives of the people that you get to touch. Definitely. Uh, and create a trajectory that they might not have known existed before they met you. Whether it's somebody that listens to this and decides to break some world records. Yeah, go for it. Uh, or better communicate, more effectively communicate, reach more people, create more passion. I uh, just appreciate the time that you spent with us today. Thank so you. Thank well, you the reason I'm that. drawn to you is uh, there are two types of intensities. There is an old school leadership style. It's called command and control. Mm-hmm. Right? Leaders used to command and control, and that's how it used to be. Well, what you do uh, very well is the new way of leadership and never apologizing for intensity again because you direct and you drive mm-hmm. and that's the type of leaders we want to be we want to direct people to a certain destination and say hey we can get here and then we want to make sure that we're driving to get there do we have to be the driver no we have to make sure that the machine or the company or the organization is driving in that direction mm-hmm. and so what you do really well is you direct and you drive and that intensity is perfectly okay to have well, thank you. Can we remind my employees? <laughs> <laughs> Your children, husband, and everyone. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to replay this for yeah. them. Uh, so, Ryan, how can – because you're not on social. No. How can people find you if they want you to come speak? Best way is RyanAver.com. Perfect. Um, all my information, there's a ton of free videos on there. All my Tuesday takeaways are on there every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central. I do 15 minutes of inspiration, of motivation, and tangible tips to be the RyanAvery.com. RyanAvery.com. Well, we'll make sure to get that out. I appreciate your time, Thank and you. we'll look forward to seeing you at the next big thing. Cool. I can't wait. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Double Comma Club. Never miss an episode. Subscribe at thedoublecommaclub.com to hear more success stories and to get free tips on how you can get on the path to becoming a millionaire through real estate at any age. Remember, visit thedoublecommaclub.com and subscribe.